This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to this very bizarre edition of Now with Dave Brown. The irony of ironies occurred as we were just about to get into a conversation about emergency preparedness and situations like major storms, climate events, power outages. The power went out in our Toronto offices. And you might think, oh, a little power blip, that's easy to fix. There are a lot of machines and computers and other machines around this place that require some significant rebooting to do a national television broadcast. So a huge shout out to Leanne and Kevin and Ray and Kingsley and Dan and Eliza who were working their tails off behind the scenes to get us back on the air. I'm not sure what this is going to do to our repeat broadcasts, whether the show will even be repeated, but just bear in mind, it could be a little bit weird and clunky. You might get some extra commercial breaks to fill some time and make this fit into a two-hour block. A person who I'm very grateful to is disability advocate and artist Ann Kamosi, who literally sat in our Zoom room for 20 minutes now while we were getting things back online. And I'm so grateful that you were able to hang around for us. Thank you. No problem. I did think it was a great irony. <laughs> there's, definitely, there's definitely something to that. The powers that be somewhere did not want to give us the power to have the conversation about emergency preparedness, serving people with disabilities during emergencies, and the possible creation of a vulnerable person's list, a registry, of a voluntary vulnerable person's registry. And before we get into the registry, can you describe for me the state of emergency preparedness and services for people with disabilities in Nova Scotia? Well, I really think there really is no emergency preparedness for people with disabilities. At least um, I was unable to uh, find out very much. It turns out our government did release um, um, a handbook for people with disabilities, but nobody in the disability community really knew about it until halfway through Fiona. Then suddenly it surfaced online. I think, you know, one of the things that myself and others are calling for is not just the development of a voluntary registry, but also that people with disabilities be involved in emergency planning. Mm. And this is a key, uh, this is a key fundamental right. Article 11 of the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities underscores the right for people with disabilities to be able to access services and supports in an emergency. But right now, it does not seem like we are actually included in local emergency plans. I I want to talk about the registry first. What do you think that registry would look like? Well, I think it's going to have to be uh, tailor-made in different communities. Urban models would be different than rural models. I think it has to be first voice driven, and it definitely has to be voluntary. There are some people who are raising concerns about privacy, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it's my right if I decide to self-disclose to EMO officials that I'm in a wheelchair and would need would need help with evacuation. Um, so I think one of the things is it has to be voluntary. 
Secondly, it has to be first voice driven. So it's community based. And in Nova Scotia, at least, it looks like they are looking at possibly legislating it because of um, uh, myself and others who have been talking about it. So we've had a very good response here from the provincial government. And the Minister of Justice has indicated that he will be looking at adding it to the Emergency Measures Act, which would be a powerful um, step forward, I think, to have it actually included in legislation. But that legislation hopefully will state that it has to be first voice driven. I'd hate to see it become a bureaucratic thing where first voices don't design it. Mm, yeah, that's that's really well put. I, I, it is very it must be very affirming that people within the government are taking what you're advocating for very seriously. Are there models elsewhere that might create a little bit of a blueprint or a guiding light in how this may be implemented in Nova Scotia? There are some, um, and um, actually Ontario's Peel region, I think, has something. Mm -hmm. There are different versions of it around in different provinces. Some of them are more dementia-based, and, and they're voluntary for people with dementia. I, it's, it's, not, it's not lost on me and other people in the vulnerable community that the only death that occurred in Nova Scotia during Fiona was a man with dementia who was swept out to sea. And if there had been a voluntary registry, that death might have been preventable. So I think um, th there are... Um, different municipalities that are now taking this on in Truro, Nova Scotia, and I think Queens in response to what we've been talking about. But I, I think it's going to be something that has to be developed community by community. Mm. It doesn't mean that the basic guiding principles couldn't be a national guiding principle and then guiding principles, voluntary, first voice led, um, community based and so, for example, I live in a small rural community. That would be a very different model than would be for Toronto. Right, right. And, and, and so that's why I think that the general principles could be universal, but then the, the, the nitty-gritty detail of it would have to be worked out um, on a community-based approach. Yeah, it, that, that makes so much sense, right? Because first responders and emergency individuals would be locally based, would be regionally based. So it's the local fire, fire department, ambulance, EMS, police. These are the folks who would need to be able to do that communication or take action in times of an emergency. So absolutely, even if we created a policy framework, absolutely, there needs to be local communication and local and regional work. And I, I, I want to go beyond the registry. What else do you think could be done in the moment of an emergency to better serve people with disabilities? Well, I think the messaging prior to the emergency has to include people with disabilities. For example, I tried to find out ahead of time where the comfort stations would be and how I would get there if mm. I needed to get mm. there. And I was unable to find that prior to Fiona, even though there were multi-day, week-long almost messages telling us to be prepared. So um, I think people with disabilities and vulnerable seniors, I think we have to include vulnerable people who um, may not identify as having mm. disabilities, but are in that vulnerable population. There, there has to be messaging that's directed directly at us. For example, in my individual situation, I'm in a power wheelchair. A lot of people said to me, well, just call an ambulance if you need to evacuate. Well, here in Nova Scotia, I don't know what it's like in other provinces, but here in Nova Scotia, 
ambulances are not allowed to um, 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 transport mobility devices. So if they pick me up, they put me on a gurney and land me at a at a at a comfort station. Oh, I don't gosh. have my wheelchair. Oh gosh. So um, you know, I think those kinds of things. So the messaging beforehand would be if you need emergency evacuation and you you have mobility issues this is where you would call this is how it would work in our case in Nova Scotia all of our telecommunications were down so one of the reasons that we went before the legislature was to indicate that they were um, amending the telecommunications act to say telecommunications would have to work well that would include linking the registry you know into those telecommunications so that that would work mm. so i think emergency preparedness for people with disabilities is quite different than for um the average person for example they were messaging get your medications you know get fill up on your medications well many of us with disabilities are on limited medications that are only dispensed 30 days at a time you can't get them refilled before that date those kinds of issues are all like it's fine-tuning all of that small messaging to accommodate all the different types of disabilities that are out there and that's where the first voices in the design and the policies have to come into it mm -hmm. it has to be a very holistic look in the way that you're serving people in those moments because in moments of crisis we know things can fall through the cracks and that's exactly why you need sound sound policy i think policies and then procedures yes and those two things those two things go go hand in hand often the policies are made but the procedures are not put in place mm -hmm. and so in, in this case i think we're talking about policies procedures we're talking about communication prior to the event and that's probably more important you know than well not more important but equally as mm -hmm. important as mm -hmm. the registry and involving people with um first voices in the design of that messaging you know what what is it that i need to be told you know i don't know what the emo here locally is designed i know most of our services are voluntary in a small rural community so i think it's just the most important thing is is understanding that you know some people need um power to power medical devices what is what is the backup plan for that mm -hmm. i understand that um, manitoba i think or saskatchewan um, has something called um, disability emergency management network i think it's the run through the manitoba disabilities office and i i'm trying to find out more about that but we definitely shouldn't be reinventing the wheel in each province yeah i agree no. i agree and I, I'm so thankful that you were able to join us today. I know this isn't an easy topic to discuss, but it's a critically important one. I'd love to revisit this with you down the road uh, as, as legislation moves through, as the policy and procedure are being crafted. But for now, we have to say goodbye. But thank you so much for coming on with us today. We're, we're grateful. Thanks so much, Dave. And on behalf of every buddy here in Nova Scotia who's disabled. I'm not just speaking for myself. I'm speaking for a lot of vulnerable people. So thanks for the opportunity to represent them. Mm, thank you for the hard work that you and other folks out there are doing. That's Ann Kamosi, an artist and disability advocate in Nova Scotia. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Amy Amanti. She'll tell you all about a grunt gallery tactile residency available to you. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI. 
Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.